Hello, and welcome to Veins of Gold, Finding God's Treasure in a Dirt-Covered World. This is a podcast from Mountain View Baptist Church in Thomaston, Georgia. Now, let's join Pastor Ryan Christopher as he digs into this week's program. Well, hello, everybody. This is our chance. This is our chance to talk about something very, very serious, very, very serious. But before I get into it, I want to tell you that um, our nation needs us more than ever. Our nation needs us to uh, to fight for it. Our nation needs us to pray for it. Our nation needs us to uh, to stand in the gap. I'm going to tell you something, folks. We uh, we need to be in prayer over all that's happening politically uh, morally, uh, most importantly, those things that are happening spiritually. Let me, um, you know, we've kind of discussed it or alluded to it several times over the past couple of weeks is the fact that our nation needs to be praying and praying hard, uh, in repentance and repentance for, uh, Christians and, uh, their walk with God. Uh, you say, well, why, why are we, why are we repenting as Christians? I mean, what, what's, what's going on there? Well, you know, you, you, are you blaming us for what's happening in the nation? Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I do realize that there are people who are, uh, who are responsible for throwing bricks through windows. And, and I, I realize there are people who are responsible for, uh, shouting and screaming Marxist ideology in the middle of Seattle and, other places around the nation. I know that there are individuals who are responsible for that, and they need to be held accountable for that. But we do know that Second Chronicles seven fourteen tells us, if my people, God speaking, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. If my people, okay, before we get into what we're, you know, discussing the sermon from this past week, um, I want to be sure and let you know that it is up to Christians to get their lives right. Um, it is a problem when Christians cannot be, are not distinguishable between uh, you, you can't distinguish between a Christian and a non-Christian in the things that they do. Sure, you can see that they go to church, or you can see that they attend church, and this isn't a beat down of Christians. It's simply put, as long as we're doing the things that non-Christians do, and we're acting the way non-Christians act, and we are. We are listening to and watching the same things that they're watching and letting that run through our brains, our minds, and come out. Nothing goes in that doesn't come out. Um, as long as we're doing that, then God is displeased. And that, as a result of that, because there are no contrasts, then the world becomes chaotic. And so what's happening around us today in the political arena, and most importantly, the spiritual arena, is a result of Christians not living for God. And we, as a Christian uh, group, have got to get on our knees and ask God for forgiveness, starting with me. God, forgive me where I have failed you and have not followed your statutes and have not have not tried to be uh, a humble believer in Jesus Christ. Uh, and being humble, meaning that um, I give this to God and allow him to handle this 
because uh, he's the only one who actually can. But I am also humble in the sense that I know I know that there are parts of my own life that I've got to work on and I intend on working on uh, throughout the rest of my life to be closer and uh, and more like uh, Jesus Christ. And that is uh, that is key. And that is essential, essential to our walk. If we want to see this changed, if we want to see revival come, it's really simple. Starting with me and you, starting with me and you, let's get on our knees. Let's ask him to forgive us. Let's ask him to change things. And listen, I, I, I'm not saying ask him for a, a specific political candidate. You can do whatever you want and you're asking and praying, but understand that ultimately this is a spiritual issue. Ask him, ask him to change the hearts of the people of America and bring them back to him. And um, sometimes that's a hard road to go through. Uh, but I would, you know, Lord, bring us back to you, bring us back to you through, through whatever means is necessary. But I just pray God that it's a very, you know, it's, it, it, it's not hard on us. I don't want the hard spanking. I, I want, I want, I want you to bring us back to us, uh, back to you without having to discipline us, uh, horribly because, I'm telling you, we don't want we don't want uh, an entire uh, change in this nation to something as evil as Marxism and and uh, and socialism and, and and the destruction of the religious base in America. All of those things that would happen as a result of those things, we don't want those things. But if God has to do that, has to allow that evil to happen in order for us to come back to Him, He will. So why don't we repent? Why don't we get on our knees and repent? And ask God to save us from that garbage and to save us from ourselves is basically what it is, uh, to save us from our own sin. Why don't we do that, folks? Why don't we, why don't we do that? In fact, in fact, before we go any further, uh, let me pray. And then we'll talk about the sermon from this past Sunday. I'm excited about talking about it because I believe there's a way to motivate us. There's a there's a way to encourage us to uh, to keep fighting and to fight on. So here we go. Here we go. Lord Jesus, we love you and we thank you, God, for all that you do. God, I pray you'll forgive me first and foremost, that you'll forgive me for anything that I may be doing wrong. Uh, and even, even the things that I have no idea that I'm doing wrong, I pray, God, you'll forgive me and you'll allow me to live more and more for you you and to give you glory and praise for all you're going to do in bringing revival to our nation. We so desperately need it, God. Lord, heal our land. We need it. We're seeking your face as Christians. We're seeking you, God. And I know it doesn't mean that all of us have to seek you, but I know you You desire a remnant. You desire your people to turn and say, I am sorry for all the evil I've done, and I want to make sure that I'm right with you, God. And, and Lord, I know myself. Salvation is secure, God, but I just pray, Lord, that you will secure our nation and, and not allow the Marxist and the evil socialist and all these people to come in and destroy us and strip us of religion and our faith. God, we love you and we thank you for restoring us, God. And Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will bring revival in an incredible, uh, strong, mighty, soul-saving way, God. We love you and we praise you. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. Folks, this past Sunday, this past Sunday night, um, brought a pillow in the church. And those of you who watch this, you, you know 
uh, but brought a pillow into the church and you just walked around with that pillow. The reason, the reason I did that, you know, and, and first of all, let's talk about that. You know, uh, I am a visual person. Uh, I always learned best that way when I was in school. If you show me something to help me remember, uh, I think that uh, it helps me a great deal. So for those of you out there who think that those are silly things that, um, you know, props and things are silly. Uh, just understand the reason I do that is that it helps me, even in teaching, helps me to uh, to keep these uh, these principles at, at grasp. I can say, yes, that's I remember that. I remember that sermon from the, this particular thing or this particular example or, or analogy or, or illustration you gave. Um, so that's that's what um, that's how I learn. And so then, you know, not every time, not every time there's it's just not called for. But, you know, there are going to be many times that that there are props. But I have this pillow in there. And, and, and here's the reason I did. A lot of people will have spiritual will have a spiritual awakening or a spiritual miracle or or something incredible happen in their lives. And they will suddenly believe that that is the end of the game. Like they have won this battle. They've got a long time in between that they can just rest uh, and not have to worry about the enemy. For example, they can have a salvation in a family. Someone can get saved or, you know, and they can say, oh, well, you know, they, they, um, or they can make a profession of faith rather and not know, uh, that anything and nothing at all has changed in their life. Okay. So they look at this and they say, you know, nothing at all has changed in their life. But I remember the day they said that prayer and, and I'm, I'm set on that. So they rest back. They don't do anything else, uh, in regards to that family member. They don't do anything to check into that kind of thing. They said, listen, I've done my part. They've said their prayer. I'm done. Uh, and let, here, here is the danger in all this. Here is the great danger in all of this. And we need to understand uh, the danger. The great danger in all of this, friends, is that we are we are giving up too soon. We believe that we've won this battle. Uh, it happens in elections an, an awful lot of times. You know, you'll get that person in that you want to get in. You think, oh, well, we can rest back for a little while. You know, even if the evil's fighting, we got this person that's, quote, on our side. <laughs> Excuse me. And so at the at the end of this thing, you know, you're 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 saying, Oh, well, listen, I you know, I got this. This is this is great. We had our little victory. Here's the problem you have with that kind of thinking. Hell doesn't sleep. Okay? Look, I, there are nights that I sit up and I've got so much on my mind, I know I need to sleep. I'm almost nauseated because I'm so sleepy and I'm laying there in bed and cannot go to sleep. I may, I honestly say, I honestly say, God, I just, I, you know, I need to get some sleep. I'm so tired. Please give me that, give me that rest that I need tonight so that I can get going the next day. And, but I'm just up, I'm just up thinking, 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 thinking. Well, let me tell you something about hell. And this is not to glorify it. This is to tell you what kind of an enemy you're up against. Okay. The moment you have a spiritual victory, the devil's not running off worried about that spiritual victory. What he does is he goes back. Now, he may not have liked the fact you had a spiritual victory, but he's not sitting back and, and going, oh, no, what do I do now? Chewing on his fingernails and running around scared. He is regrouping, and he's regrouping with all the minions, the spiritual forces, the powers of darkness, all of these things that are against us that, you know, we're not against flesh and blood. We're against all of these powers and principalities. And, and so this is what I want you to know. While you think you got some time to sit back and say, hey, that's one more down in the family, you know, that we've got one more in the family of God. We don't have to worry about it anymore. Instead of discipling and helping them and loving them and all that you can do to make sure that to make sure that their salvation was real, 
And instead of doing anything like that, we kind of sit back and we don't do anything. Or, or we have a great, you know, move in our churches and, and, uh, we think, man, this is great. This is a revival. Boy, things are changing and politics are changing and blah, blah, blah. And we don't realize that all hell's doing is going back and regrouping, going back and regrouping. I read a story and I know you guys who are, who have been Christians for a long time have read this story and, and, uh, and, and it's nothing new to you. When I go to first Kings and I talk about, uh, Elijah. Now, if I think about, uh, some of the strongest, uh, believers in biblical history, uh, Elijah is certainly one of them, a prophet of God, one of the mightiest, um, and just a powerful, powerful uh, entity uh, for the kingdom. He is in the Old Testament. He's a prophet. And, you know, uh, the comparisons, comparisons between he and, and John the Baptist are even there for, you know, from Jesus's lips. I mean, just incredible prophet of God. And I think when I think of him, I think, of, man, this is a guy get up in your face in a hurry. I mean, listen, you don't don't do anything that you don't want to have him confront you about because he will sure do it. I mean, he'll he'll do it. And we get, you know, there's chapter 18, and I'm going to do this quickly so that we can begin to get in some of the, the parts we talked about Sunday night. We can talk about it a little differently than we do in a sermon. Sermons are different than teaching. They just are. I mean, it's it's presented differently, and it's meant to do something different for the people. Um, sermons are than teaching. Now, now some people will say, well, listen, I'm a teaching pastor. Well, that's fine, too. I mean, that, that works wonderfully. I mean, for a lot of churches, churches grow tremendously from teaching pastors. But then there are those who still, which I enjoy. I enjoy preaching. I, I, I enjoy preaching and teaching, but I, I feel like they're two different things and they're done two different ways. Now, I, the argument is out there for the other, and that's fine. I, that My preference is that they are two different things. All right, so in chapter 18, when we get to we get talking about uh, Elijah, I mean, here's the story of stories. You hear David and Goliath. You hear about those things. You hear about the parting of the Red Sea. You hear about those miracles. You hear about healing the blind and lame and all that in the New Testament. You hear about those miracles. But this one for me is one of my favorite. It's one of my favorite, if not, you know, top three for sure. But Elijah is is, is challenging the prophets of Baal. He tells Ahab, he says, listen, you go out there and you get, you get all those prophets of Baal and you bring them up here and you bring all the people of Israel and we're going to have a contest to see whose God will send down fire to consume an altar with a, with a, with a, a sacrifice on that altar. The, uh, and so they do that. Ahab does indeed bring all the people of Israel and, you know, however many there were, we just know that there was a great number of them. And of course the prophets of Baal and other prophets of gods and things, and they're all there. And basically Elijah says, Hey bud, let's see what we got. And look, this is a challenge we have in America today. It's basically choose like Joshua said in the old Testament, choose today whom you will serve as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. That's what Elijah's doing here. That's, that's what he's doing. And when we look at this, we look at this thing, we look at what's happening here. He's saying, okay, choose today whom you will serve. As for me and in my house, as for me and what I'll be doing, I'll be serving God. And he says to the prophets of Baal, call, you know, here's your altar, build this altar. You know, you call on your, call on your gods and, and, and see, you know, call on Baal, see if he'll send down fire. And the more they ran around and acted crazy, the more they, the more they did there and, and all of those things. I mean, the more they just, I mean, just did everything they could. They did their little prayers to Baal, all that kind of nothing's happening. Nothing's happening. And, they're doing everything they can to get so frantic that after lunch, I mean, Elijah's been mocking them the whole time. Where's this God of yours? You know what? What's going on with him? He's busy. I mean, he's got, you know, he's got an appointment, a dentist appointment. What's going on? Why, why ain't he coming? Um, he starts mocking them and such. And 
Well, as a result, they get even more frantic. All right, after lunch, they start cutting themselves, gushing with blood, according to the Bible. There's blood everywhere. It's just awful. And, and any cult or any demonic uh, forces are what's going to cause uh, a person to cut themselves. But here, we look at we look at this thing and we say, oh, my goodness gracious, this is this is crazy. I mean, what, what's Elijah going to do? And finally, he says, okay, it's my turn. It's my turn. I've waited long enough, guys. Y'all, y'all not getting squat from Baal because Baal is is not real to begin with. I mean, other than its demonic forces are real, but the God itself is not real. But he says, "Okay, it's my turn. I want to get in here. I want to do. I want. I want. I want to show y'all something. I want to show y'all something." I mean, he he not only does he you know build this altar, but he says, "Hey, I want you guys to pour water on it. Pour water on it." Once they said, "Pour water on this altar," and they did. They poured water all over the altar with, with wood and the sacrifice and all. And he said, "Do it again." They poured on there again. Do it again. They poured on there again. And I mean, there were ditches dug around this altar, and I mean, it was filled up. And I mean, with water. I mean, it's just soaking wet with water. Finally, he calls on God, the God, Jehovah God. He calls on him. He says, "Look." Send down your fire and consume it. And sure enough, whoosh, it is consumed. And they kill the prophets of Baal. What a spiritual victory. We don't even understand the incredible nature of this because we don't we don't really know this hand-to-hand sword battle kind of, you know, fighting that would have had to happen in this. But the fact that they would slay every single prophet of Baal that was there that day is an absolute miracle. And it is phenomenal. Here lies the problem. Elijah then believes, I mean, it's very apparent because we're going to get to chapter 19 in a second. He believes that should be the end of it all. That should be the end of the story. I mean, Jezebel just needs to give up. She needs to throw up her hands and say, look, I'm, I, you know, you killed all my prophets. I'm, I'm done. I'm scared. I'm running, you know, whatever God wants, whatever God wants. You know, that happened over and over again in the Bible. You know, they would see something happen from God and, you know, they would be smart enough to know, Hey, I got to, you know, I got to do something about this. I got, I got to do something about this. And, you know, your God is God. I mean, what happened with Daniel, you know, when the lion's den, it happened with, you know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire. It happened, it happened, you know, all of these different times and, and throughout scripture, you know, where it's, you know, even the New Testament where they go, oh, Lord, my God, you know, when they see what he's capable of. Well, not Jezebel. We get to chapter 19 and Elijah is, is there, you know, he, he's, he's, he's talking to Ahab. He's basically, uh, he is, and this is another story altogether, which is an amazing story. He, you know, rain has finally come to this drought and filled land. And we get to chapter 19 of first Kings. And this is what it says. It says, and Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Now, now all of it. Now, I don't know if he told the whole story like it was supposed to be told, but he told, he told her that Elijah had killed all these prophets and with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, think about this, how cocky this is. I mean, by the way, we just killed all your prophets. Now, I'm not sure that Ahab told all all the story. And he said, well, that's what the Bible says. Yeah. Yes. But what that means is he, he told it from Ahab's perspective. Okay. I don't know if he told him, listen, we're going to have a contest and anything about the fire. What it says is all that he had done and how he had slain all the prophets with a sword. I'm assuming now maybe he told a, a bunch of the story, but he told it from his slant because she's going to want to know how he allowed all that to go down. 
or how Ahab, you know, Jezebel's going to want to know how Ahab allowed all that to go down. It says, Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, and then she gets cocky. So let the gods do to me and more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. Oh, but the next verse. And when he saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba, which belonged to Judah, and left his servant there. Now, we're not going to go through the same thing we went in the sermon. We're going to go through the points, but I, I want to make something very, very clear. Hell doesn't sleep. Hell is not going to stop because you think you've had some nice little spiritual victory. Now, that is wonderful, and you should celebrate your spiritual victory, praise God. But that's not going to keep the devil from continuing to come forward and fight forward and do everything that he can to try to take land from you, to take uh, possession from you, to try to take your family. We got to keep believing. We got to keep witnessing. We got to keep preaching. We got to keep working. We got to keep helping. We got to keep serving. We got to keep fighting against evil, folks. This isn't rocket science. Okay? This isn't rocket science. We got to keep, we got to keep believing. And folks, I'm going to tell you something. We've got to, we've got to keep doing what we have to do. This fight does not end. Somebody said, well, I need a rest. Okay. You physically need a rest and you can get that. Elijah runs and he hides. He goes to, he, you know, he goes uh, uh, to mountain and he just rests. And then he tells God, he says, I want to die. I've, I've, I've been through all this mess. I, I want to die. Just, just kill me. And that isn't what God's wanting for him. He knows he's slap worn out. See, Elijah thought the battle was over from that big victory. I don't care how big a spiritual victory you have. You better be getting planning for the next battle. You better be planning for Christian. Listen to me. You better be planning for the next battle because I'm telling you it's coming. That next battle is coming. But then the angels come. And they comfort him. We see that, you know, listen, the first thing we looked at Sunday night was uh, when we win a victory, hell regroups. I promise you this, friends. It's like when I don't, I don't know if, um, and I'm not trying to make light of this, but if you ever seen any of the old reruns of, of, of Lucy, I love Lucy. There's one in particular, and it's been redone in just about every different sitcom there ever has been. But she's, she's um, I think it's cookies or candies or something. And she's working in this candy factory, a cookie factory or something. This conveyor belt is just bringing these things out. And she can't. Can't get she can't get to him in time she's stuffing them in her clothes she's trying to get i mean they just keep on coming they just keep on coming and she's putting them here she's putting them there she's putting them in boxes she's putting them in like i said in sacks in her mouth she, she's just filling her mouth up with them and it's just this hilarious scene um you know, you know throughout the, all this you said ryan i've never seen a, an episode of that yes but you can understand what i'm telling you when i talk about conveyor belt it's been done on so many sitcoms you know what I'm talking about. Just losing track because it keeps coming. That's the devil. The devil's going to keep sending stuff after you. And it's up to you to get on your knees and ask God to help you handle those. You're not going to handle those on your own, no matter how much rest, quote, rest you get. Okay. And God's not against rest. Okay. Elijah got rest and, and, uh, and, and, and that was, you know, that was something that he needed. Uh, the angels would bring him food uh, and, and do those things. But look, we want our nation, you know, and we want our families. We want our, we want our homes to be safe. We want our loved ones saved. We want all those things. But that is a continuous, continuous fight, folks. Then we see, you know, when we get sucker punched, we run away. That's what that's what happened to Elijah. I mean, he got sucker punched. He really believed this is the end all of all all things. I mean, he said I, this should be God. Coming to uh, you know the spiritual throne here. I don't know what's wrong with these people. All of a sudden, he gets his life threatened, and for some reason, he panics. And many of us do that. We go into an anxiety panic, and um, and run. So he's up there. God, just kill me. And that's not the plan. He's helping them. 
Um, but but this is you know he, he wanted to die. He was, he was he thought he had killed out all these prophets and and uh, and he'd done everything that he could. You know you think you you think you've gotten rid of one spider and ten more come. I mean it's it's just it's incredible. But here's another thing: when we get weary, he'll comfort us. He'll comfort us because the Bible says, "Come to me, you ye who are weak and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. I'll give you rest." This burden is hard, and even even there's a point at which he is told Elijah is told here. Eat again. This 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 journey is too hard for you. It's too hard for you by yourself. That's why we have to be together. That's why we have to worship together. That's why we have to fight together. We have to, you know, in the midst of of, of fear and everything else, we have to be together at some point and and fight this thing together on our knees, um, you know, strong and in spirit and truth, uh, uh, doing what we can. But God will comfort you when you, you know, you've been through these things and suddenly you're afraid. He will comfort you. Now, he's not going to coddle you for long. But he is going to comfort you. God's comfort is, you know, during the battle, uh, after the battle, and, and then long after the battle. He'll comfort you through this, but he's not going to do it forever, okay? Then there's Elijah, you know, he, when we get crushed. I mean, Elijah's probably just, just spiritually crushed, okay? How can she still be so bold as to say she's coming after me? How can that be the case? After all that, all that God has done through me, how could she still say she's going to come after me? I mean, you would have thought Elijah would just would have stood there and say, oh, come on, woman, if you're going to kill me, kill me. But just know God's going to take care of this. God's going to handle this. And sure enough, Jezebel suffers a horrible death. And I mean, to be eaten, eaten up by dogs is just, man, I mean, that's that's rough, rough business right there. But she got what was coming to her. I mean, it's, it's all there's to it. But Elijah, Elijah at this point doesn't know this is going to happen. When we get crushed, he understands. Look, you know, Elijah's sitting up here and, and he is, he is, he's hurting. He's going through uh, depression, anxiety. He's doing all of that. He's trying his best to understand what God is doing. Um, but understand this God always knew that one day he would send a son who would die and would be crushed and would go through, uh, go through their own prayers of, of trying to, you know, cope with all of it when Jesus says, if this cup can pass from me, please, you know, allow that to be the case. But if it cannot, let your will be done and not mine. Let your will be done and not mine. So he knew what it was like to be crushed, and he knew what it was going to be like to, to, uh, to hurt and to be in pain as a human being. When we get crushed, he understands it, and I thank God for that. He says the fight's too much for you, Elijah. You're going to have to, you're going to have to get this little rest, and that's fine. But this is not a long time. He feeds him the last time. Now look here, look here. Here's the thing. He feeds him that last time, and he says, you know, what in the world? He fasts for forty days. For four, wait a second, he eats again. You're like, yeah, God's providing food. God's providing food. Yeah, but look, then he fasts for forty days. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Maybe he ate some berries and things and stuff like that, but he didn't eat any food of substance for 40 days, 40 days. So he's getting close to God is taking him through. You think, okay, if he's comforting him, if he's feeding him every day, we're trying to go through this story and we're trying to make it like a two or three day story. This is not a two or three day story. This is a, this is like a month and a half story where Elijah is, is out wandering and fasting. And it's just incredible, you know, Probably how thin Elijah had gotten at this point, you know, almost ribs showing, you know, because he'd had the water and such. But he was trying to get close to God and understand God's will for his life. He was trying to do those things. Here's the thing we need to understand. Hell doesn't sleep. Hell doesn't sleep. But, okay, so when God comforts, he calls. He calls him. And when I pout, God is patient. He says, Elijah, what are you doing here? 
Elijah, now there's a story to all of that, but he says, Elijah, what are you doing here? Why are you here? You're supposed to be out there. You're supposed to be out there doing that, but instead you are you are doing you're 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 not fighting this fight the way it should be fought. You're you're running from this fight instead of being at a uh, being a warrior in this fight. And so Elijah, in return, he says these things. He says, "Look, I'm I'm the only one. I'm the only one that believes like I'm supposed to believe. I'm the only one that is fighting for you, God." I'm not, and then he gets prideful, you know. I mean, in all honesty, there's plenty of people that would have fought for him, but Elijah felt like he was alone. And many of us feel like we're alone in this battle. Is why we run, but we're not alone. Those people, there are people out there who will pray with you. There are people who get on their knees with you and 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 help you. There are people who will do. Um, uh, the dead level best to, to find out what it is you need and pray with you about that need. Um, so it, here, here we are in the midst of this. He's, he's saying, I'm the only one, God. I'm the only one. So he, he was pouting, but God, God is patient with us through that, but not for long. He'll listen to that, but not for long. Okay, so he's been fasting. He's been praying. He says, I'm the only one. I'm the only one that I'm the only one that believes like, like, like I'm supposed to believe. I'm the only one fighting this whole thing, and now she's out to kill me. And, uh, and, and what do I do? And well, it doesn't matter that you just killed 400 prophets of Baal. It doesn't matter that you had this great spiritual you know, victory. You should believe that you could have another great spiritual victory. You should believe that that can happen, but it wasn't happening. When I finally listen, when I finally listen, God will speak. And when he spoke to, when he spoke and told Elijah what he was to do, he said, go, he had plans for him. He had to go and anoint some people. And so here's 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 what I want to say to you. Here's what I want to say to you. When I think I should stay, he wants me to go. I think, oh man, I got to take that. I'm going to take some time off. Well, time off is one thing, but spending months off is a whole different animal. That you know, taking a week or two off is one thing, but spending time away from your your calling, you, hell's not going to sleep. Why are you sleeping? Why are you taking that? Why are you taking that rest? I promise you, hell's going to keep coming against your family. You're going to have to keep praying, keep fighting, keep studying, keep loving. Keep helping, keep serving. You're going to have to keep doing all those things because hell's not going to sleep, friends. When I think I'm alone, he proves me wrong. God tells him, God tells Elijah, says, listen, I've got plenty of folks that I've been hiding back to come out here and help you do these things. I'm not going to let you sit up here and sulk and pout this whole time. I'm, you've got to keep going. Why? Because hell never sleeps, never has Never will. And so, so friends, what, what, I'm, what I'm trying to tell you now as Christians, as Christians, yes, you're going to have great spiritual victories and you need, you need to, beyond a shadow of a doubt, you need to celebrate those victories. You need to celebrate those victories. You need to get excited about those victories, celebrate them with other Christians, those victories, but understand that the next day is going to be a battle. You got to get back on your knees. You got to keep fighting this fight. And yes, you can take a moment and say, God, I need the rest. I need your comfort. I need your peace. You can do that, but you got to keep fighting. This country is in a mess because we're not continuing to fight. We think everybody else ought to do the fighting for us. Why aren't they doing this? Why aren't they doing that? No, 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 friends. We are Christians. Why aren't we doing it? Why aren't we fighting? Why aren't we believing? That's the question today. Why aren't we doing what we're supposed to do? The evil's doing what their daddy told them to do. Why aren't we doing what we're supposed to do? Folks, I'll talk to you next time. But listen to me. God wants to do huge things. He wants to bring revival, but it's going to take hard work. We cannot let up. We have to be relentless, relentless in our battle against evil. We'll see y'all later. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us for Veins of Gold, a podcast of Mountain View Baptist Church. 
For information about our church and ministries, please visit our website, mvbaptist.org.